When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, women's college basketball tonight. Good stuff. 8 Eastern on ESPN and the app. The only defeated team left in Division One is South Carolina taking on Angel Reese and LSU. That's tonight. That's still good. On ESPN. Uh, with that, we welcome you back to Get Up. We are live about the Heineken River Deck at Pier 17, jam-packed on a very busy Thursday. Orlovsky, Kmart is here. Harry is getting things done. We've got a Michigan man ready to roll. That's uh, Schefter. I almost said Paul Feinbaum. <laughs> <laughs> Couldn't have possibly been more off. But Paul is ready to go as well. Coming off the enormous news that Shefty broke last night. Not a surprise. We were waiting for the shoe to drop, and it has fallen in Hollywood. Harbaugh leaving Michigan fresh off the national championship to coach Justin Herbert and the Los Angeles Chargers. That is the way it is being framed by everyone. He's not taking this job because he wants to coach the Chargers. He wants to take this job because he wants to coach Justin Herbert. Shefty, let's start with you again. You broke the story last night. Tell us everything we need to know. I think that Michigan would have liked Jim Harbaugh to return Greeny and they had an offer on a table that would have made him the highest paid coach in college football. But Michigan, no matter what it did, could not offer Jim Harbaugh the one thing that he most wanted, and that is the chance to win a Super Bowl. The Chargers could offer that. The Atlanta Falcons could offer that. And Jim Harbaugh was scheduled to travel to Atlanta to meet with the Falcons today. And he was interested in hearing what they had to say. And he was interested in going to Atlanta where he could have potentially drafted J.J. McCarthy as his quarterback of the future there in Atlanta. But ultimately, he spent the last couple of days with the Chargers. And the Chargers knew that if they let him out of the building, that there was the possibility that he wouldn't make it back that Atlanta could hire him. And so the Chargers really showed the most interest in him from the jump. And they put the full court press on and they kept stepping up to the point yesterday where they made it such that Jim Harbaugh was not going to travel to Atlanta and he was going to stay with the Los Angeles Chargers where he lands a five-year contract and he stays in the AFC West and he's been planning to have his staff all along. Wouldn't it be a surprise if he brought Jesse Minter, his defensive coordinator from Michigan, with him? It wouldn't be a surprise if he brought his son, Jay Harbaugh, to coach the Chargers special teams. He's got the people that he wants in place. And so he makes the dramatic jump to go back to the NFL to go play or go coach for the team that he last played quarterback for, knew the family well, and this gives the Chargers some star power in the Los Angeles market, which is something that they needed. He essentially makes them more relevant than they've been. He brings more excitement. Everybody in the organization all fired up. They thought within the organization the last couple of days that they were going to get him. I don't think it was as cut and dry. I think he might have gone to Atlanta, but they made it such that he didn't go. All right, really well done there with, with everything that we could possibly need. And, yes, I agree with you on all fronts. And, again, the centerpiece of it is the quarterback. Let me get Paul in quickly here, and then we'll get the group in. But, Shefty, stay close by because I have, like, 9 million other questions for you. But, but Paul, for the audience that's just joining us here at the top of an hour, what does this mean for the Big Ten? It, it, it is a fascinating time for the Big Ten conference 
as they bring in the West Coast schools. Here is Michigan, which has been the best team in the Big Ten now the last three years, been in the playoff, wins the championship. What does this mean? It's a big blow, but it's also a relief in some circles, Greeny, because Jim Harbaugh brought so much controversy. That NCAA investigation is still out there. It, it, it has two prongs to it. Without Harbaugh, I think it will abate. Uh, they'll, they'll still get some sort of sanction, but I don't think it will be nearly as serious. And, and the other part of it uh, is the pressure. Uh, Sharon Moore will likely get the job in a couple of days once the uh, legal uh, time period has ended. Uh, he did a phenomenal job. He was the coach for six games last season. He handled himself very well. But it's also worth remembering the road that Jim Harbaugh took to get to this point. Two years ago, exactly, Greeny, remember, he went to Minnesota to interview. He didn't get the job. And then to get back in the good graces of Michigan officials, he said, that's the last time I will ever interview with the NFL. We saw how much uh, Jim Harbaugh's word is worth. And here he is leaving. <laughs> but the pressure in the Big Ten, interestingly, won't be on Harbaugh's successor, Sharon Moore. It will be on Ryan Day because of having lost to Harbaugh three straight years. He is the beneficiary. He has the best team in the Big Ten. But he better not lose to a first-year coach at Michigan. I feel like he has half of Alabama's players, too, doesn't he? I feel like everyone from <laughs> yeah. Alabama, when Saban retired, decided to go play for him. Okay, it wouldn't be Paul Feinbaum if he didn't take a shot at Harbaugh on his way out. <laughs> Unreal, man. Everybody stay close. Unreal. Let me get quick takes on this. Shefty, don't move, because I'm coming back to you in a second. But first, we have a group of elite quarterbacks in the NFL, a group of guys who are a cut above. We were just talking about it. Patrick Mahomes, Lamar Jackson, Josh Allen, Joe Burrow. Everyone can recite their names. With Jim Harbaugh as his coach, is Justin Herbert about to become a member of that club? Unquestionably, the answer is yes. He, he is talented enough to get into that grouping, that group of three, four, five guys that we sit there and go, teams win because of that player. And, and Justin Herbert has racked up the stats. The, the statistics are off the charts. He had one of the greatest rookie seasons that we've seen in the history of the NFL. The passing yards, the, the touchdowns thrown. They're, they're remarkable, and this is the second most talented quarterback that Jim Harbaugh's ever had outside of Andrew Luck, and the group is, it's not a big gap between Andrew Luck as far as talent and then Justin Herbert. The biggest difference this when it comes to like the national narrative or perception about Justin Herbert is really good doesn't win. We do this with quarterbacks stupidly all the time. Really good doesn't win. Justin Herbert, since he came to the NFL, I think he has got like 22 one-score losses. Yeah. So... The thing that Jim Harbaugh is going to do is he's going to get rid of that stupid narrative of, well, Justin Herbert doesn't win. He's going to have the stats because that's who he is. Mm -hmm. He is going to win because that's what Harbaugh does, and that's what's going to ascend him into the Lamars, the Patricks, the Josh Allens, Joe Burrows of the conversation world. For a young quarterback that is trying to take the next step in their career, Keep this is the best thing that could have happened to Justin yes. Herbert moving forward. Yeah. You're talking about a guy that played that position, can speak your language, you're, you guys are going to be on the same page at all times, but also what he's going to be able to provide to take pressure off of Justin Herbert. That's going to be a valuable run game. This team was 25th in rushing last year and tied for 13th in sacks allowed with 43, I believe. So it's, as far as that's concerned, they're going to be balanced offensively. They have three core solid pieces on their offensive line. But I think being able to be entwined with Jim Harbaugh, Justin Herbert, that is, like we've seen J.J. McCarthy. Like we've seen Kaepernick, like we've seen Alex Smith, 
when he was coaching them at the San Francisco 49ers. Listen, I played against Jim Harbaugh. We lost in the NFC Championship game in 2012 versus his team. I know what he meant to the National Football League in using multiple tight ends when they had uh, Davis, I believe, and, and Delaney Walker, and, and just beating teams up that got in big personnel. The and 49ers you're talking about. Oh, yeah, yeah 100%. Yeah. So I just think his mind and, and the way he likes to do things, but what he doesn't get enough credit for, culture building. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. The way he built the culture everywhere he's been and the fact that he's winning it, it, within those cultures says everything to me. Well, this is why it's a great day for Justin Herbert, but... The question of can Justin Herbert, are they now going to win the Super Bowl? In time, they very well could. But let's, let's, let's pump the brakes. Justin Herbert finally has a quarterback that speaks his language, as you were saying earlier. But Jim Harbaugh also has to put together a staff with whoever they hire as a GM. But also, this is a team, this is an aging roster. Yep. They have a lot of question marks, salary cap issues, and they're also in the same division as the Chiefs. The good thing about Harbaugh, not just building culture, identifying talent yeah. and building rosters and teams. That's what the Chargers need. They got a great one. Shefty, get yeah. back in. Well, it's funny. Last week I had John Harbaugh, the Ravens head coach, on my podcast, and I said to him, what is the one thing that Jim will bring to whatever NFL team he hires? And John Harbaugh, of course, he's his brother, but John Harbaugh said Jim Harbaugh is the best team builder in all mm -hmm. of football. That was his brother's opinion. And Kimberly is talking about it. Harry's talking about it. All the holes they have right now to address, all the changes they have to make. But in the opinion of John Harbaugh, he said that Jim is the best team builder in all of football. And now he goes out to L.A. and he's going to build a team out there the same way that he built a team in San Diego, the same way he built a team at Stanford, the same way he built a team with the 49ers, the same way he built a team with Michigan. That's why John Harbaugh believes he's the best team builder in all of football. By the way, the Harbaugh brothers, in games they've, that they've tried to win this year, again, Baltimore didn't play anybody in their last regular season game, are 29-3. and One of them won the national championship. The other is two wins away and favored to do it. Who's got it better than them? Nobody! <laughs> all right, so that's that situation. <laughs> Now, Adam Schefter, I, I just wasn't good enough. I, I come to you on the. Can we put the full screen up, uh, Cindy, on the on the coaching opening? So the Chargers were an opening that's now closed. There were eight openings once upon a time. There are now four. You see the names of the guys who've been hired: Harbaugh, Mayo, Antonio Pierce kept that job, and Brian Callahan gets the job in Tennessee. Falcons remains open. It's interesting. I've seen Dan Quinn associated with the Seahawks. Commanders and then the Panthers, we Commanders suppose, are hire ben bringing up the rear. Maybe. We're waiting on, on Detroit's run. Everyone likes Aaron Glenn. Everyone likes yeah. him. The bottom line of it is, Shefty, where is Bill Belichick in all of this? I assumed, and I, I remember, and I, you came on the day that Belichick, uh, you know, that when, you, when you came on and told us that Belichick was officially going to be leaving New England, you and I both assumed that teams that were still, that, yeah. that, that had head coaches were going to consider making changes, much less all these teams that have openings. Where are we with Bill Belichick in this process now? Well, here's where we are right now, Greeny. We're in a situation where the only team that has an opening and the only one of the eight that had a vacancy during this hiring cycle that interviewed Bill Belichick was the Atlanta Falcons. And they interviewed him for a second time last Friday in person. And since then, the Falcons have paraded through a series of candidates for second interviews and other interviews and scheduled more and more talks with other candidates. That doesn't sound like a team 
that's ready to make a move on Bill Belichick. Now, coaching hiring cycles, they move in funny patterns sometimes. And sometimes a team starts out on a guy, cools, and comes back to him or isn't interested and then gets interested. Well, in this particular case, the Falcons have shown that they are interested in a lot of people. And in their own words, they described to me over the weekend that their coaching search after they met with Belichick for a second time is wide open. So if it's wide open after you've met with Bill Belichick twice, that certainly tells you that he's not the favorite for the job. He has not talked to any of the other three teams. So of the four teams with the remaining openings, there's the real possibility that he's not going to get any of these head coaching jobs. Now, that's fascinating on a number of levels, but what I would say to you is this. When Tom Brady left New England in free agency, there were all of two teams that were serious about signing him, the Chargers and the Buccaneers, two out of 32. And last year, when Lamar Jackson was a free agent, nobody was interested in signing him to an offer sheet. So sometimes teams get in the way of themselves and don't mm-hmm. make rational decisions. Yep. And so here we have the greatest coach of all time who's sitting there with a lack of interest, which, again, boggles my mind, but we've seen it before with Lamar, we've seen it before with Brady, and we see it unfolding now with Bill Belichick. I think teams are worried about maybe his age, about mm-hmm. his lack of success in New England recently, about what he would want to do to that organization, but he's still Bill Belichick. And to me, you put him on a team, and that team is off to the races going in the right direction, but that's not the way the teams in this cycle are viewing it the same way that we are right now. So here's what I'll say, Shefty. Only slightly tongue-in-cheek. The NFL's loss could be our gain. We got a seat here. Thursdays, Bill <laughs> hey, Belichick listen, on I'm Get Up. I'm sitting here. No, 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 you, no, I'm not Kimberly, taking, I'm I can't not giving believe he did that seat. to you. No, 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 one one Wesleyan grad for another. We Just will have a seat for him. And Bill, <laughs> do you think Brock Purdy is an elite quarterback? I'm uh-huh. looking forward to that question. Okay, so that's only half joking. Now, let's. did you want to remark on that quickly, Shefty? Go ahead. Well, the, the, the only thing I would just say, again, and this is purely speculative, I want to be very clear, and we're just throwing this out there, having some fun. But we've heard over and over about the possibility that at some point in time, Andy Reid could walk away from mm. football. So if the Chiefs were to win the Super Bowl this year, could that, would that make him more likely to walk? And if he did walk at that point in time, and you're the Kansas City Chiefs, and Bill Belichick were still sitting out there, would that not be an interesting possibility if that's what Andy Reid decided to do? to go take a run at oh, arguably now the greatest coach of all time and to replace one legend with another. Again, we're having fun. We're throwing things out there. Great. But Next that's interesting to, to watch up. if the Chiefs can find their way to win the Super Bowl. Listen, you are the, like the fourth person who has said that to me, and you're by far the most important one who has said it to me. <laughs> everyone else who has said that to me, again, everyone just speculating, could Andy Reid be about to walk away? Uh, uh, where there's a little bit of smoke, and if Shefty's willing to joke about it, then there feels like there's a little bit of fire. So just keep that in the back of your head, and let's see where that winds up taking us. In the meantime, I want to separate myself from Shefty on this, which is to say what I'm about to say I'm not attributing to him, but I think what's going on, at least in part here with Bill Belichick, 
is that the National Football League, like anything else, I guess, is kind of a bit of Game of Thrones. And there are people who are very entrenched in their positions in some of these organizations that don't want to give away or lose the authority or the power that they currently wield in their organizations. And they know if Bill Belichick walks in, that's exactly what's going to happen. And the person who gets the owner's ear last usually winds up winning. If Bill Belichick walks in the door of your organization, he immediately becomes the best football person in the building, with zero exceptions. And and we got people right now, and I'm pointing directly at Atlanta, who are doing everything they can to keep that from happening, even though they have absolutely no resume to fall back on and say, well, look, he's won six Super Bowls. I've been here a long time <laughs> and, and, and figure I'm going to stay here a long time. That's what's happening to Bill Belichick. Well, let me tell you what's unique about Atlanta. Number one, you got to look at the simple fact that Bill Belichick is not a spring chicken. He's seven, 71 years old. Yeah. You look over the last three or four years and look at the average age of coaches that are being hired, yeah. they're not 71. How long do they usually last? How long did the last coaching hire in Atlanta last? Three years. Okay. Yeah. Can okay. he coach three years? But Give me a second, though. Go ahead. Look at the young talent. Yeah. Is Bill Belichick going to be... These young cats are different, Greeny. They are. I, I promise they you. Are. They you got to be able to relate to these dudes, man. There's no more, hey, whatever I say goes. They need to know why. You have to be able to have the patience to, to explain to them and tell them why. And then lastly, we talked about the quarterback position earlier. When it comes to the offensive side of the ball, that's the major deficiency for the Atlanta Falcons. If they draft one, you trust Bill Belichick to develop that young quarterback. Yes. <laughs> I trust yeah. him as much as I it's, trust anyone hard. to because, develop because a young quarterback. Just, the problem is because we just saw in New England between Mac Jones and Bailey Zappi that they couldn't figure out the quarterback situation. I will say I don't think there are 32 people that are better I, I, that are better head coaches than Belichick. Like, I, I, I don't, don't know think, if there's three or two. Do you know what I'm saying? Either. Like, that. Tom Brady was the 199th pick in the draft. Years Belichick ago, turned him into the best quarterback that ever lived. 25 years ago. I understand so, that. Uh, but uh, there's a couple of things attached to this. I still believe he'll get a job. Like, that, maybe that's be, me being naive. Hawk said this on NFL Live yesterday. I thought it was interesting. Once he walks into your building, no one else gets credit but him. Mm-hmm. You know, like, that. that is part of that power struggle as well. Yeah. It's like, yep. once he walks in and they go and win, oh, my gosh, Bill Belichick saved the day. Nobody else is going to get credit for the potential success. Um, two questions have been, one, the power, you know, and then who's his offensive coordinator? We, we had this conversation with Shefty yesterday because yep. if, you're, if you're Atlanta, you're sitting there going, we, certainly we want you. But who are you we'll bringing bring as your offensive Josh coordinator? Josh McDaniels. Matt Patricia okay, but He's going to bring his guy. The last time we watched Josh McDaniels be really good on offense as an offensive coordinator is years ago. He's That's had not one. true. Matt Jones' rookie year, he played very well. He looked like he was ascending. And then Josh right. McDaniels so, left and he fell off the so face of the earth. So he's had one year in like the last seven seasons where his offense has been solid. That's my thing. That, that, that you have to ask yourself. I just watched Las Vegas fire him and their offense get better afterwards. Which leads back, do you, if they decide to go the young quarterback route, do you trust Bill Belichick and company to make sure that the young quarterback is in the right direction? Chef, to get back in here. Well, first of all, Josh McDaniels was a head coach, not the offensive coordinator. I know he's overseeing the offense and being a part of that, but I still think that Josh McDaniels is regarded around the NFL as one of the top offensive coordinators, despite the fact that there has been a lack of success recently. Uh, Mac Jones is a whole other issue. Like, there's all sorts of uh, theories out there about him, why he did and didn't succeed. And, and I don't know how much Bill Belichick was, was or wasn't a part of that. I know he's the head coach there, so ultimately it comes back to him. But 
Was that Bill's guy? I don't know about all these things. There's a whole slew of theories. Again, I come back to the fact that Bill Belichick, again, every team we've talked about this that had a head coach had to have discussions, and I know they occurred about whether they would be better off with their current head coach or with Bill Belichick. And all these teams made the decision that they would rather be and stick with who they are. Bill's still I sitting think, out there. And Again, it's a reason there why. There are four openings. Uh, Atlanta is the only one. Atlanta is the only one right now that would seem to be possible. And I don't know how likely it is. Unless, unless Andy, at the end of the season, if they win the Super Bowl, decides to walk. And then that becomes, in my mind, something that becomes a little bit intriguing. Shefty made the best point as far as NFL teams and owners in particular sometimes just make the wrong choice. And a lot of people didn't want Lamar. A lot of people weren't in on Brady. And I think looking hindsight, they would have changed their minds, I think. Look, I mean, these, these guys fire coaches every two or three years anyway. The idea that you're hiring someone who's 71 years old and he won't be there 10 years. How many coaches have been in their jobs for 10 years? Shefty, you're the best. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Stay close by. Um, and, and we will come to you again as, as some of these openings get filled. If you were going to tell me you're going to get Jim Harbaugh, I'm listening. If you're going to tell me you're going to get anybody else and Belichick is available, I think it is a questionable decision. Meanwhile, we'll go on the field as we continue. A superstar showdown. It is the biggest game of Lamar Jackson's life with everything on the line. We'll tell you exactly what he has to do to beat Mr. Mahomes and the Chiefs. Plus, our beloved friend Damian Woody, not with us this morning, but... He has officially given us permission to smash the helmets in his honor. Okay. And we will. I'm ready. I'm ready. On the way. Kmart. <laughs>
I, I didn't. I was just pointing in his direction. Recovery deal. I got you. You know, I gotta help my people out. I, I, and I was reading. I was reading a bump. I, I, I had no. Believe me, the last, if I'm going to diss anyone, the last person on earth I'm dissing is Chris Gant. Did you miss him? Meanwhile, as we continue, the Chiefs are going to need some magic from Mahomes on Sunday. Dan will show you exactly what they need next. Two guys drove to work. Neither guy wore a seatbelt. One guy got a ticket. One guy didn't. The same two guys drove home. One guy wore his seatbelt. One guy didn't. One guy made it home. The guy not wearing his seatbelt didn't. Don't risk it. Click it or ticket. Paid for by NHTSA. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. If tomorrow wasn't promised, what would you get for today? Forget everything else. What would you spend today thinking about? Yourself? Or the man that's beside you? I need everything you got! Play for the guy beside you and find a way to win a football game. Here's one to the end zone. He's got it. Touchdown. We're one game away. The whole world what? What are we going to do, man? Touchdown, Kansas City. We just got to keep focusing. The Super Bowl is a goal. I'm always confident we have a chance to get to the Super Bowl. Two up-and-coming greats just going toe-to-toe. Hmm. For the second straight week, we have a football game that feels like a heavyweight title fight. Yeah. Patrick Mahomes on one corner, Lamar Jackson in the other. It feels, Dan, if I were to sum up, I think, what most of my analysts have been saying this week, if Mahomes wasn't the quarterback of the Chiefs, we would give them almost no chance in this matchup. But he is that special. So what must he and their offense do to win? Have tremendous feel. This Baltimore defense is a zone-based defense. It's the best in the NFL. And when it comes to the feel, the pass catchers, Kelsey and Rasheed Rice, have to see it and feel it the same way as Patrick Mahomes. So you get this motion last week, and it's going to start as a three-man side. One, two, three. And I love the fact that Kansas City tries to flood some of these zones on the defense. They ball fake Pacheco that way. So that three-man side has become really a four-man side. You're adding Pacheco in it. Now, this is where the feel comes into play. What they're going to do is they're going to try to take that receiver and run him vertical and lift the coverage. And then Rasheed Rice is running a little bit of a whip route, so you're trying to get the coverage to stay down, and then Pacheco's going to go wide, so you're trying to vertically stretch and then horizontally stretch the defense, okay? Now it comes down to Travis Kelsey right there. Kelsey's going to get to the top of his route. The most important thing, when you stretch that coverage horizontally and vertically, you've got to see where you're supposed to be and where you can actually get to. This is what Kelsey does that is so good. See, when he gets to the top, He's supposed to be running like a corner or out route. You don't want to run the coverage, though. 
So he does a fantastic job is when he gets there, he's peeking outside. Hey, what does it look like? I know where I'm supposed to get to. Where can I actually get to now? When Patrick Stone is ball, I want you guys to watch how Kelsey just kind of slows down and he has great feel of where green grass is. See how he comes out of that break? And instead of sprinting, he's just kind of boring in space because he's got great feel. Ball comes out perfectly to him. Now, it can't be just him, though. It's got to be their rookie, Rasheed Rice. Now, here he is in the slot, all right? He has an out route. This is on paper, five yards, run to the sideline. You got to have feel, though. You got to be able to see what's going on outside of you. As he goes vertical and gets to the top, again, you're going to see the same thing that he does as Kelsey. He's trying to see that zone defender. This is, this is going to be like a Kyle Hamilton, right? He understands, okay, even though that guy is colliding that receiver, I don't want to just run out there. So instead of running towards that coverage, feel where the green grass is going to be. Watch Rasheed Rice as he gets to the top. You're going to see him have that very boring type of body. He's almost going to shuffle, shuffle out of this break. Watch Rasheed Rice here. See how he turns, see shuffle, shuffle, turns his body. Now, instead of running towards that defender, you're just basically sitting in between both that safety and zone defender at the nickel spot. Patrick throws it the same way, and there's that big completion. So, Against great zone defenses, you have to have pass catchers that just, and Harry knows this, feel where I can go and where I can't go. And Patrick's got that great understanding as well. If they're going to win this game, it will be in large part because their pass game and the pass catch or pass receivers have great feel versus that zone. Well, let's get our receiver in this. But let me quickly ask you from a quarterback standpoint because they have to be synced up in that. It's not just Kelsey reading that or Rice reading that. Mahomes has to see it exactly the same way, right? And that's where one of their great flaws has been this year is there has been that disconnect. And those receivers have not seen it the same way as Patrick. Last week it was the best, but it was only Kelsey and Rice. And I don't, and I think because of that, you lean on those two guys in that regard. The years that I played, my receiver coach always told me, told me this. It's not going to always be like we've drawn it up on the paper. Yeah. You have to be a football player at the end of the day. The plays that he just brought up is Rasheed Rice being a football player, understanding what's outside of him, and you have to throttle down, but also Travis Kelsey. We see it week in and week out from Travis Kelsey and Patrick Mahomes. But be a football player. Everything isn't going to be the way it's drawn on the paper or the sheet. And it's different. When you're running against man coverage, me versus you, I'm trying to set you and run away. Yep. And a quarterback can hold it for just a fraction of a second because there's not all those eyes on you. Playing against Baltimore, it's the best zone defense in football by far. They make every quarterback stink versus zone defense. When you're doing that, I've got to throw it before you're ready and, before, and with two different, three different people looking at me. So that's why that... Timing, that feel, have to be so precise. It's such great insight. Now, as we bring it back over there in Kmart, I want to ask you about this to begin Just with. Because mm -hmm. if we were to rank the four units on the field, candidly, the best one on the field this weekend is Baltimore's defense. Oh, they, they don't get enough attention. But let's talk about Lamar Jackson. Mm -hmm. Here's the moment. He's been a superstar since he won the Heisman at the age of 19. Mm -hmm. He was an MVP in this Unanimous, league. yes. He was a unanimous MVP, and he's about to become the youngest quarterback ever to win two MVPs. But we also know that whether it's fair or not, we judge the quarterbacks by wins, by Super Bowls. What's at stake for Lamar Jackson this Sunday? Everything. Because despite how well he has played, despite how different, how how electric, how dynamic he is, there are still people that bring up Greeny. 
Well, what was his playoff record before this year? Without the added context of the fact that this offense is completely different. Lamar is completely different. This is not a guy who's looking to run all the time. He's buying time with his legs so he can surgically dissect your defense deep. This defense is completely different. This is finally the Ravens have all the pieces on offense and on defense. Now it's on them to do it. I love the growth from this offensive unit from game one. Remember game, after week one, we we're talking about, hey, they have to Timing, be better trust. versus the blitz or yeah. whatnot. In that game last week versus the Houston Texans, I seen a tight end on a, uh, on a hot route. I seen throughout the season, single receiver to the, to, the single, to the short side of the field, run side adjust off a safety blitz. They've gotten better in those regards, and those things are going to pay dividends this weekend versus the Kansas City Chiefs team. I, I like giving fans things to watch early in a game. What should the fans who are rooting for ball, well, regardless of who you're rooting for, <clears throat> what should they be watching for in Lamar Jackson specifically early in the game that will tell you, oh, yeah, he's going to have a big day? Number one, how he's handling Steve Spagnuolo and the Kansas City Chiefs blitz mm -hmm. that you just talked about. When the blitz comes, does he have answers for it? This is a great look because off the ball, Houston comes off pressure. Lamar so often would try to get that ball out too quickly that defender's far away. He drifts, gets it out. This is the tight end one. They blitz out of empty. That linebacker leaves, quickly replace him. Lamar knew exactly what to do with the football and if they stop pressuring Josh had a lot of success last week running against this Kansas City four-man front if they go with four-man pressures they're gonna have to be so much more disciplined than they were because Lamar sits there and goes okay if you're gonna rush me with four guys and you're gonna try to match coverage with some of the pass catchers a likely a Mark Andrews Zay Flowers a Bateman OBJ I'm just gonna take off so early on in this game, does Kansas City come after him, and how does he answer it with either the throw or just getting it out of his hands? Or, and then if they're going to four-man rush him, who wins? Does Kansas City rush with more discipline, or does Lamar hurt them when they do that? I want to answer the question real quickly to wrap it up. Yeah, yeah. What's at stake? Everybody who said the stupid stuff about Lamar coming in the NFL, he gets the chance to disprove it. Well, I think he's already disproved most uh, of it. No, he hasn't. No, he hasn't. I'm telling nope. you. Well, I mean, he has said he that's shouldn't not be real a life. quarterback. I mean, he nope. has she hasn't. disproven the, the, that. The, the bar for Lamar, the bar for Lamar is completely different than every other quarterback. And when you talk about skill, you talk about the difference in how he plays the position and race. It is all yeah. wrapped up within this. And this, when you talk about, when I say everything, I mean everything is on the line for Lamar Jackson as they chase the Super Bowl. Well, fair enough. Then, then let me ask you one last thing because he mentioned Andrews. Should we expect to see Mark Andrews in this oh, game? Oh, yes. Good news, Ravens. Okay, so John Harbaugh is saying they haven't officially made a decision, but he practiced again for the full time, for practice in full, and behind the scenes they are anticipating that Mark Andrews will make his debut in the playoffs, which is rem remarkable. Isaiah Likely has played tremendous, yes. but Mark Andrews is Mark Andrews. Yes. Everything seems to be pointing towards Baltimore. Okay, I want to show you something here. So, Jason Kelsey was the biggest star in the Kelsey family on Sunday, despite the fact that his brother caught two touchdowns uh, because of this behavior, which was, in my opinion, delightful, hilarious, and fabulous. But I did wonder aloud how his wife might have felt about it, because I know how mine would have felt about it, but I've done the same. Uh, listen to this conversation on the podcast. The moment we got into the suite, I said, I'm taking my shirt off and I'm jumping out of that suite. And she said, Jason, right. don't you dare. I'm and, not uh, asking for permission. I'm doing this. <laughs> Once a Kelsey man's determined, there's no f stopping him. And she was already telling me to be on my best behavior because we were meeting Taylor. So she's like, do not this is be hilarious. on your best behavior. I was like, Kylie, when I met you, the first day I met you, I was blacked out drunk and fell asleep at <laughs> the bar.
This is part of the charm. This is part of the Jason Kelsey charm. Amazing. So he's meeting Taylor Swift in that. But that. But listen, when you are meeting Jason. the in-laws and all those people, <laughs> no, you want to know exactly what you're dealing with. And we all know Jason Kelsey was not going to keep his top on. Come so, on. So, so here's, I brought this up on the radio the other day, Dan. Furry. I loved it. I love what he's doing. It's fun. It, to me, it, it comes. I hear, it I hear a butt coming. Yep, but The butt is, if you did that, if you went to a football game with your wife and you took off your shirt, and first of all, you're drinking beer out of a bowling ball at some random person's tailgate. Then you're jumping into the stands while ta having taken your shirt off and drinking other people's random yeah. beers. How would she react to that? She would try to have a fifth kid. I understand what that means. She would be so attracted to you in Absolutely. that moment. If I did this, my wife would want to have a fifth child. Is that right? 100%. <laughs> If I did this, my wife would want to have a second husband. <laughs> Mine wouldn't be surprised. She would have to find it was me. Wait, wait, you're you know out of the wait, box you know, with no, the My wife would not be Dude surprised. Dude is having we fun, know man. Who Jason Kelsey is like Kylie. Like, don't embarrass me, but I know you're about to embarrass me. Yeah. Like, that's the whole pro like. She knows what her he's husband's like. He's having fun, man. I'm not saying he's not having fun. We don't want to see. And by the way, though. we saw that commercial where you're uh, by the lake. You yes. would never take your shirt off if it's below 50 degrees. Are you kidding me? I, I wouldn't take my shirt off if it was below 90 degrees. <laughs> <laughs> but that's a whole other question. Okay, uh, what have we got? Basketball tonight. Here we go. Women's basketball matchup of the night. Eight Eastern on ESPN and the app. The only under team a in sauna with the shirt on. D1. <laughs> It's a swim shirt. Uh, we got South Carolina <laughs> taking on LSU. That's tonight. All right, coming up, more quarterback talk. Will Brock be ready to roll Sunday night? Will that be a purdy party? We'll get the answers, and we'll make our picks. D. Wood has given us permission to smash the helmets, and so we're going to be doing it. That's how we'll make our picks today. We will be smashing the helmets for the AFC and NFC championship games in his honor. But first things first, here we go, Harry. This one's for you. Which franchise has hosted... The most conference championship games. The answer is next. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Here we go, Harry versus Hembo. Here's our game. This dates back to 1970. We have championship games this weekend in San Francisco and Baltimore. Which franchise has hosted the most conference championship games? All right, I'm going to go with one of these three. Kansas City, Green Bay, <laughs> San Francisco 49ers. Kansas City, Green Bay, or the San Francisco 49ers. But since San Fran has hosted it again, that's who I'm going to go with. You're going to San Francisco. San Francisco. That's not correct. I wanted to dance. Oh, it's the Steelers. Oh. The Steelers have hosted 11. The you want to get rid of Tomlin? Look at that. The 49ers have hosted 10. Uh-oh, he's going to. Uh, he's done time. Way The 49ers have hosted 10. So close. That was a really bad dunk. Patriots. It was. Yeah. 
You were close. All right, it is time for we got a lot of things to get in here. We got to smash the helmet, so let's roll. DraftKings Sportsbook Predictions brought to you by DraftKings. Oh. Let's do more or less. Dan, Lamar Jackson, more or less 212 and a half passing yards. This is a fantastic defense for Kansas City that he's going against. I honestly don't know the answer that I gave you guys. <laughs> you said less. All right, I'm going to say less uh, in part because you know, watching how Kansas City plays defense and knowing how well Baltimore is, diversity and offense, I think the run becomes more of a central focus of theirs. As great as I expect Lamar to play, it's a huge challenge in the pass game. I think they run the football effectively and efficiently. Now, last week, uh, Josh Allen threw for fewer than 200 yards in this matchup against that defense. Harry, talk about Amon Ross St. Brown. More or less right. seven and a half catches. I'm going to go more. This is a, a young man that they've been able to count on this entire season, third in receiving yards this week, this, this year in the National Football League. But he's been clutch for this football team, and I don't think he's gotten enough credit, Greeny, that he should get uh, this year playing at the high level that he is. He is sure-handed. He's a guy that they can count on, so I'm going more. Yeah, I think he was all didn't make first-team All-Pro. I mean, he, he's, he's that he's really good. good. He didn't make the Pro Bowl, which I know he was upset about. <laughs> Kmart, yeah. Brock Purdy, more or less two-and-a-half touchdown passes. All right, I'm going to say slightly less. I actually have him at two. I think this is going to be a big CMC game, obviously a George Kittle game. But I think Brock will throw two touchdowns, but I think they're going to be able to score on the ground. Um, in this one against the Lions. We'll see. We'll see if they have Debo Samuel again. He didn't practice yesterday. That feels like a big storyline yes. here. But let's go directly to quarterback Brock Purdy because I know you put some tape together. Yeah. What are we watching for particularly early with the 49ers quarterback? If something bad or potentially bad happens or negative, does that force him to play hesitant? That's really what happened in the Green Bay game. And that's not who he's been this year. He almost throws that pick six early on to Savage that you referenced. And he became a way more cautious quarterback early in the game. He's got a wrap in route up top to Ayuk. Now, so often he knows, like, okay, if I stare one way, that defender up top will move, and I'll get that throw. He just doesn't. He assumes that he'll move, comes back, doesn't confirm, and he almost throws that pick six. Then what happened was he became more of a hesitant quarterback. This is their three-level throw. He's got a double move, go route at the top of the screen, and then a deep crosser. Off corner, you're taught like, hey, if that corner's got vision and that safety in the middle cuts, we want to take our shot. That, court, that corner's even, but he's not even backpedaling. He's staring at Brock Purdy, and that safety cuts. That's a touchdown. I've seen Brock Purdy be aggressive with the football. That's that dink and dunk that everyone incorrectly claims. Now we get the motion up top. They're trying to clear out the top coverage and almost get this rail shot to Juszczyk down the sideline. That flat defender is everything. That flat defender is square-shouldered with vision. Use check. I've seen Brock Purdy whole shot this essentially up over that flat defender for a huge completion, but he checks it down to McCaffrey, and there's no yards gained. So, you know, I do believe that was in turn because of I don't want something bad to happen again, you know? And so I just – if Detroit can get him early and, and maybe – you know, a, a sack that he shouldn't take or a fumble or an interception or something where it's close, does that force him to play in a more cautious manner? No, I, I like everything that Dio was, is talking about right now, but I think for Brock Purdy, when you're going against this secondary to Detroit Lions, you don't have to be he-man, but you also have to hit the shots that you probably missed last week versus the Green Bay Packers. But I would tell you this, Dio, as well, that, that last drive that they had, being able Big to time. have – 
you know, the tough skin, that throw that he made to Jawan Jennings over a defender and mm -hmm. had to put the right arc. Sick. We understand where Brock is when it comes to tight window throws. And he's been amazing this year at doing it. But in this game, he can't be cautious. And yeah, there was right? no Debo on that final nope, side right. either. And, but I also put it on Kyle, Kyle Shanahan, too. This is a game that I think if Debo Samuel's not out there, that I want to see Kyle Juszczyk. Yeah. Kyle Juszczyk has to make two or three big plays in this ballgame for this offense. Let me give you the two names that Purdy needs to be aware of on every snap. Brian Branch. Aiden Hutchinson. Mm -hmm. Branch has become one of the elite nickels in the NFL. If he has a game like Kyle Hamilton for the Ravens did against the 49ers, Detroit has a great chance to win this game. I would expect Detroit to put people up at the line of scrimmage. They're going to take 97, Aiden Hutchinson. They're going to put him on the defense's left, right on the right tackle of San Francisco, and say, dude, go wear that dude out. Yep. And if he doesn't get a feel for where he is, that changes the game. Yeah, the game also could be a heavy rushing game from the Lions on the other side, so limit possessions. As always, these matchups are fascinating. And don't forget, on DraftKings Sportsbook, this NFL playoffs, new customers can bet $5 and pocket $200 in bonus bets instantly. Plus, all customers can get a no-sweat same-game parlay every day. Download the app. Use the promo code GETUP when you sign up. DraftKings Sportsbook, the crown is yours. Let's make the picks. Welcome to the most dangerous segment. Big man, tiny helmet. Get the goggles ready. That went right by my face. Things just got real. Yeah, yeah. Start to the side. Start to the side. Graziano's got a lot of potential. Holy smoke. There's no coming back from that. I think that might be my best. All right. So the big fella is under the weather, but he did grant us his blessing and his permission to do the smashing on his behalf. So here's how we're going to do this. Dan, you're going to do the NFC game. Okay. We got the 49ers a seven-point favorite at home against the Lions. You're going to smash the team you believe will lose. Kmart, if you disagree, you will then smash. Oh, you're not picking this game because you're covering That it. is my game, okay. Renee. Stand away. All right. Yeah. So, <laughs> so let's, go back to week, let's go back to week one of the playoffs. I picked the Rams to go into Detroit to win. Why? Because I thought the Rams were going to go to the Super Bowl. I, right. I picked them by one. Right. Detroit wins that game by one point, okay? Right. I think that Detroit does things against this team that is an advantage Detroit. I think this is 30 years of embarrassment built up. I think Detroit goes old school football, travels out there, they put everybody's hands in the dirt, and they say, hey, we're running behind we gotta us. Got to get on first take. Here it soon. comes. Let's, let's go. Running behind us. Here it comes. Oh! That's a good snap, bro. Detroit wins. That almost hit him, Detroit wins. That's 30 years of being a joke. Flattened. Uh, you got the picks on the screen there. Very good. All right, Harry, you got the AFC Howdy. game. Ravens, Chiefs, it's a three-and-a-half-point favorite. Are the Ravens smashed the losing We're going to make this simple. Oh, oh, oh my oh. gosh, Harry. Swell up on him. That was, those were two real flattenings. Uh, so nobody Harry. riding with Patrick Mahomes. Oh, think again. Greeny is, as long as 15 is out there, I say he's going to find a way to win. The, I need to see someone beat. You just said yesterday. I need to see someone beat Patrick Mahomes before I believe it's going to happen. And now you picked against him the following You know day. why? Because uh, because I fell victim victim to the moment. What we've seen from Lamar in this defense, it's, it's just different. It's we'll just see. different. The picks have been made. The helmets have been smashed. Let the games be played. And let first take come up next. They're on Not the way. Bad, Is Jim hey? Harbaugh making the right move, leaving Michigan headed to Hollywood? Molly, Stephen A., Kmart, Orlovsky, Paul Feinbaum, and more. Top of the hour on ESPN. Just so we're clear, Harry.
Get Up is brought to you by the new series, A Real Bug's Life, now streaming on Disney+. And we've got hockey tomorrow night. Good matchup on ESPN. Defending Stanley Cup champs, the Vegas Golden Knights in New York to face the Rangers. You can watch it all 7 Eastern on ESPN. Dan, I... I feel like everyone is just short, selling short Patrick Mahomes this week. I just have a funny it's feeling. It's going to be close. I think it'll yeah, be close. It's, it's out of respect for how great Baltimore is. Everyone knows who Patrick is. It, I would not be shocked if we walk in here Monday and go, oh, my gosh, he did it again. Oops. He uh, did it again. <laughs> he played with. Have a wonderful rest of your day. We'll see you tomorrow. <laughs> Green's a <laughs> <take> charge <laughs> now.